Howdy, motherfucking ho, you motherfuckers. How are you? Oh my god, it's a beautiful fucking day right now, um, which is amazing because, uh, as you may know, the world has been eating shit lately. I don't know what to tell you. Don't look at me. It's not my fucking fault. So let's jump into this motherfucker. the world has turned to shit. Coronavirus has uh, been tearing up this motherfucker. In my past episode, I talked about how I kind of got sick a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I might have even had corona at one point. Who the fuck knows? This episode is mostly going to revolve around uh, things being a shit show, which, you know, let's scream into the void together. The thing that really pisses me off about this coronavirus shit is A, how the president is a motherfucking idiot and hasn't handled anything correctly, and um, B, how the American electorate apparently just does not give a fuck about its own life. So, yes, I'm referring to the fact that Bernie Sanders uh, did not have the momentum to win. And, you know, any other time, I would say let's respect people's vote or whatever. But no, fuck that. Joe Biden and the Democratic National Committee, they are not your fucking saviors. There was a point whenever Florida was going through a primary and um, other states like Ohio, I think it was. I'm not sure. Um, I'm going to have, like, articles on the website to, like, verify the news that I'm talking about here, but there were some states that were still having their primaries three days after Trump declared it a national emergency. So that just shows you how far they were dragging ass at that point. But yeah, Joe Biden and the head of the DNC, Tom Perez, were like, yeah, it's safe to vote anyways. Go out and do that. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking that I'm fucking around. And you know what? I wish I was, but here is Tom Perez, the chairman of the DNC on MSNBC, talking about how it's safe to vote. Get a load of this. Is your view that this can be safely conducted tomorrow? Who who have you been consulting to come to that view? Well, again, uh, we didn't intervene in that case. No, I know. I, I, this it. is a state matter, yeah. but I'm asking your position sure. as Tom Perez, the head of DNC. Sure. My, my understanding is you're saying you agree with the states that are going forward. Yes, we we respect what they're doing. And we, you know, we always encourage everyone. And I was in contact today with uh, people in a number of these states, uh, including but not limited to Arizona. And again, asking them if they do they believe they have the systems in place that enable them to put the elections on tomorrow. And they do. And Republican and Democratic governors have made that judgment that they can do that. I don't think it's for me uh, to second guess those judgments, Chris. And so uh, I respect that. And uh, again, the point I'm making is uh, there's a broader issue here. 
And that broader issue is we ought to make it easier for people to vote. And now poll workers have tested positive for coronavirus and a bunch of them were working at poll places that had at least 350 people going through. Now let's address the geriatric elephant in the room, which is that most people who go out to vote reliably are older folks. And let's address the other elephant in the room. The most vulnerable population to this is older folks. So the fact that like these people who are supposed to represent a party that actually gives a shit about people are encouraging people to put their lives at risk by voting in person and it was a fucking nightmare scenario to witness. And all of these other people, some of them are even my friends too that are like vote blue no matter who, anything's better than Trump. Yes, to a fucking certain degree, but at what cost? At what cost, you motherfuckers? Because there are so, there was literally a candidate who not only represented all, a lot of popular ideals, humanitarian ideals, but he also had the history to prove that he stood up for those ideals. He also had a history of being one of the most bipartisan members of Congress as well. Crafting legislation with Republicans and Democrats, you know, you say you want independent votes and shit, here is the motherfucker who's doing it, you don't have to doubt his moral character, and all of the moderates drop out and decide to fuck him all at once. And all of a sudden, Joe Biden is the lord and savior that the Democratic Party had been waiting for. Not on my watch! Not on my watch! Not on my fucking watch. I don't know if you guys have seen that meme, but I'll link it. There's also the fact that he's been accused of sexual assault. So there's that elephant in the room. You have people on Joe Biden's team who were saying whenever the Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh was getting accused of sexual misconduct, there were people from Joe Biden's team who were tweeting out things like, yes, we should believe women, we should believe survivors, I believe her, Brett Kavanaugh shouldn't be a Supreme Court justice, he shouldn't be confirmed. And then whenever this shit comes out about Joe Biden, they go back to their Twitter and delete those comments. Why the fuck would you delete those comments why would you delete those tweets if you meant what you said? Is it now because it reflects the same issue with the person that you're working for? Yes. Yes. You know, I'm not fucking Sherlock Holmes. I'm not Scooby-Doo. I don't need a fucking Scooby snack to get it. You motherfuckers are corrupt pieces of shit and you don't give a fuck about anybody. And a lot of people are like, well... Joe Biden is going to be able to undo some of these evil things that Trump has done, and we just have to have hope. I can't even fucking tell you how many people have been deported under Obama's presidency, and you know what? If coming after Obama on not living up to other aspects of humanitarian ideals makes me someone who is, uh, you know, out there if that makes my political beliefs a little too radical for you, 
big fucking deal because I don't give a shit if it has an R or a D next to it. I care about how it supports human life on this planet. Not just American life, but kind of like everybody's life. And no shade to the rest of the world, you know. Yeah, I'm going to be a little bit biased and have a tinge of bias towards American lives. But whenever we talk about people who have escaped their country, whether it be through, you know, political scapegoating or prejudice or hate crimes or things like that, or even if it's literally just to come over here to have a better life for your family, I don't think that deporting a shit ton of people or setting up detention camps that separates families, believe it or not, call me crazy, I think there's a better way to use American taxpayer money without boosting the defense budget to fucking crazy levels and coming up with whatever retroactive justification you need to make the quality of life for other people shittier. I don't know. Um, I'm just a person who doesn't believe that you have to throw a shit ton of money to these people, whether it's like using the NSA or the surveillance state to limit your privacy rights. I just don't believe that handing over money to killing people and infringing on human rights is the best course of action. But what the fuck do I know? And a lot of people are saying, well, if you want to find someone to blame, blame the younger generation because they don't go out and vote. Actually, I'm going to blame the older generation that did go out to vote and decided to fuck everybody else. That's who I'm going to, that's who I'm going to blame. And yes, there are definitely some better strategies that the campaign could have used to target older folks that were a little bit on the fence. I'm not an idiot. I did what I could to make sure that my peers were going out and voting. Cardi B is out there also. You can say whatever the fuck you want about her, but at least she uses her platform to get people out to vote. I gave random folks that I didn't even know a ride to the polls whenever I saw how long the lines were. That's another completely different aspect that we need to address. These last couple of years of having Republicans in office, there is a thing called gerrymandering, and a lot of the time it is used off of poll data or census data, and really fucked up politicians will get together in a room and redraw district lines based off of the demographic information that they can get, and they'll draw these district lines in ways that favor them getting votes from their constituencies that they can guarantee. And what is the cure for gerrymandering? I don't fucking know. Until we have a sophisticated algorithm or, you know, artificial intelligence, and I am not saying that this is even the fucking cure, but just off the top of my head, until we have a system that is 100% perfect and can, you know, divide perfectly the population density versus the total population and what representatives are within X demographic area until we have a perfect version of that. I'm not sure that there's a perfect answer, but I can tell you what isn't the answer. This bullshit. In what fucking world does it make sense to where someone else can get millions of votes more than the other person and the electoral college decides 
that the person who lost by two or three million votes still ends up being president. I mean, yeah, it's in the Constitution how all of our shit is set up right now. But at a certain point in time in our history, it was okay to own people. And it wasn't until we came together as a society and said, no, that's fucked up, or no, that's outdated, that doesn't make sense anymore. And we changed that. So I'm just really sick and tired of the fact that both sides suck really terribly. And it's upsetting that if you're like, hey, you know what? Joe Biden kind of sucks. People want to act like you just decided to swat a baby with a tennis racket into the depths of hell because how dare you have the audacity to be a humanitarian? I'm not down with that. Anybody who shames you, too, into voting a certain way, these people don't get it. And I understand that there are some people who have more privilege to say, okay, well, it doesn't matter. Either way that I vote, it doesn't matter. It's not going to affect me that much. And yes, there are going to be victims that continue under a Trump presidency. And a lot of the time, those victims will be people of color. And it'll have consequences that are similar to what we're seeing now, where a disease gets out of control whenever you basically could have just kept people in their jobs who know how to predict outbreak responses and shit like that. So yeah, there are going to be a lot of consequences to a Trump presidency chapter two if it happens, but do not be one of those people who feels like you need to wag your finger and fucking remind everybody about it at every point in turn because we all fucking know it already. Be mad at yourselves and be mad at the evil that you justify with a smile on your face because that is part of the problem. I don't understand what kind of fucking round of applause these people think that they deserve. Joe Biden is just as big of an asshole. He's poking people in the chest whenever they raise questions to him about his stance on climate change. He's poking them in the chest, telling them to go vote for somebody else. Fallon waited in line for a picture and wanted to confront Biden on his climate change proposals. Another member of Fallon's bold Iowa group recorded the cell phone video. I'm going to support you if you win the nomination. We got to get rid of Trump. It started off fine, but Biden quickly became agitated when Fallon didn't agree to support him in the caucuses. We got to stop building and replacing pipelines. We got to go vote for somebody else. All right, thanks so much, sir. We're going to have you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm going to vote you in the general if you treat me. Yeah, I know. Well, can I have a You're asking a picture of me. Coming up and tell me you don't support me. No, no, no. My plan. Yeah, you did. You said you said I would support you. In the general. In the general. I'm looking right. for a primary. We're happy to get a member. That's okay. what I'm looking for, okay? Just because we're trying to get You believe that Bernie can do something by 2030? I'm actually supporting Tom The first surprise is that Biden told Fallon to vote for someone else. I did not expect to be told to leave, to go vote for somebody else, and then to be lectured about. And then he presses on Fallon's chest, pokes him with a finger, and finally grabs his jacket with two hands. It was not appropriate interaction for anybody. I mean, if I'd done that to him, the security would have been all over me. <laughs> Fallon is not asking for an apology from the Biden campaign, but he would take one. He's more concerned with finding the right candidate to fight climate change. He calls them a child and to look up his voting history. I'm not terrified for a future since you reversed it and now taking super PAC money. 
And then you do look up his voting history, and it's a fucking piece of shit. Oh my god, don't even get me started. If you want to get really pissed off, the thing that really fucking broke the goddamn needle for me on Joe Biden was he talks about growing up and seeing a gay couple with his dad whenever he was younger, and his dad goes, Joe, they love each other. And then it just all makes sense to him as a child that being a homophobe is fucking stupid. And I saw these two men in the corner when I was getting out of the car, both well-dressed men in suits, lean up and kiss one another and then go their separate ways. One went to the Hercules building and one went to the DuPont building. And I turned and looked at my dad, just looked at me, said, Joey, it's simple. They love each other. It's simple, Joey. They love each other. Well, he says all of that, and then if you look up the voting history, like I did, on the Defense of Marriage Act, which tried to limit the scope of marriages on a federal level to just being between a man and a woman, guess who the fuck voted in favor of that? Do you support gay marriage? No. Barack Obama nor I support redefining from from a civil side what constitutes marriage. We do not support that. That is basically a decision to be able to be left to the face and people who practice their face, the determination, what you call it. The bottom line, though, is, and I'm glad to hear the governor, I take her at her word, obviously, that she thinks there should be no civil rights distinction, none whatsoever, between a committed gay couple and a committed heterosexual couple. If that's the case, we really don't have a difference. Is that what you said? Uh, Your question to him was whether he supported uh, gay marriage, and my answer is the same as his, and and it is that I do not. Wonderful. You agree. On that note, let's move to foreign policy. (laughs) So you grew up and you saw these people, so you say, because you're probably a lying motherfucker, you say that you saw them. He even went so far as to say, I didn't really need to get pushed that much on it during the Obama years about accepting gay marriage. I had already evolved on that issue. What prompted me, I let the president know that I, uh, I did not have to evolve at all. I was, and uh, my wife, my sister, all of us, we were uh, way, not ahead, but we, we, it was never thought to be a problem with us. We could never, ever, ever do anything other than embrace the community. Sir, you are a fucking liar, or you're delusional. Um, I'm going with liar. And if you were really that much of an ally since you were a child, why the fuck would you vote to disenfranchise a whole subsection of the American population based off of the very fucking rubric that you're saying that you're using? Joe Biden's a piece of shit. And that's all I'm going to say, because I've already said enough about him. It infuriates me that you... I'm sorry, not you guys... But I'm talking about Joe Biden stands. People who really fucking go that hard for someone who is obviously full of shit as well. That's all I'm going to say. I've spent way too much energy talking about Joe Biden. We're going to take a quick break. I'm going to cool off. I'll be right back.
And we're back. I cooled down a little bit, but I know I'm going to get hype again here in a second. As I mentioned earlier, coronavirus is fucking with everything and everybody. I got a job basically helping um, give out free shit at events and stuff. And uh, the first day that I worked, I started feeling sick. And immediately afterwards is when shit went down and everything started closing. So it's like my first job at the university, we're not meeting up there anymore. And now my second job is pretty much postponed until further notice. So what's really driving me crazy about all of this is that I heard about coronavirus probably like in January or early February. Definitely like mid-February is when I started taking precautions. But there was a period of time where I went to Planet Fitness and as I went there, like, my nose was a little bit runny or whatever. And as I was working out, I was kind of noticing that people weren't wiping their equipment down. And I was kind of freaked out by that. And my inner germaphobe came out. So I was, like, wiping the dumbbells before I grabbed them. And then I lifted for, like, 10 minutes maybe and then wipe them clean again. And I looked around, and there's, like, people drenched in sweat, like, coughing here and there, and touching shit. And so I immediately got my shit together and left. And even after that, I basically went into a self-quarantine, like, two weeks before everybody else started doing that. And since then, I've only left the house a handful of times, so this quarantine for me has been, like, really, really intense. Um, I've only... I've barely left the fucking house. <sighs> it's also intense because while you're stuck at home and when you can't go out and see all your friends or even go out and distract yourself, like, the parks are closed and shit in San Marcos, at least. You can't even go swimming at the park. So it kind of fucks with you. And then I think the worst aspect of it all is social media is a fucking huge shit show right now as well. You have people who are just like being out of control narcissists on Twitter, um, which is completely fine, you know, whatever. But I think whenever that's all that you're seeing is like narcissists or bitching, or bad news, or just shit that doesn't really elevate the conversation. I don't know about you guys, but that makes my existential buttons go off, and then I just, like, want to get the fuck out of here. So, that's kind of what I'm gonna be doing, and we'll talk about that here in a sec. But I just really wish that we, as a society, were more capable of having elevated conversations, and, you know, expecting each other to do the right thing. But part of the reason why I think it's important that everybody absolutely stays home is because you can't expect everyone to have the same, to be doing the same types of uh, safety precautions that you're taking. 
when I did have to go out for a period of time, there I went to a Walmart, and this is when I felt sick. And I'm so sorry. I had no business going out anywhere whenever I felt sick. Shame on me. Whatever. But I didn't have anyone who was going to be able to do the shit that I needed. Um, like, a water hose at my place broke, and if I didn't fix it, I wasn't going to have water at all in my place. So... I had to fix that, and I went to Walmart, and as I was uh, getting all my stuff, as I said before, I was feeling sick, so I didn't want the person bagging my stuff to even touch my stuff, so I put it all on the counter with the barcodes facing him, and um, previously, anytime I was going anywhere, I had Clorox wipes with me to wipe down anything that I touched, even the keypads for whenever you slide your card and put your PIN number in. So at Walmart, I didn't have these wipes anymore because I had already used the ones that I had. And I asked him afterwards, I was like, I'm not feeling well, and I like don't want to make you have to touch anything. Um, and as I was saying this, I looked, and behind him was a spray bottle of like disinfectant stuff. So I asked him afterwards, I was like, do you have something that I could spray this with or like wipe it down with? And he looked at me and he was just like, nah. And there was another worker behind him who was literally right next to it. And she didn't say anything either. And I wanted to be like, by the way, you know, there's a chance that I might be sick with something more serious. So there's other people coming behind me and they're going to be using this. Could you please have some common fucking decency and perhaps wipe it so that way you're not exposing the rest of the public to potential hazards? Too much to fucking ask for. This is exactly what I'm talking about. So you know something is going around and that it's getting more serious and whether you're at Planet Fitness not wiping your shit down... Or you're a Walmart worker who doesn't give a single fuck about human life, apparently. You know, I'm also in that boat sometimes. But I would rather people die suddenly without pain versus having to have it dragged out alone on a respirator in a hospital room without your friends or family. Or even a fucking mortician, because some morticians aren't even fucking with coronavirus bodies. Why is it so hard for people to have an ounce of responsibility? I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know. Pieces of shit. But, um, I'm feeling better. I'm not going out. I was sick for like an entire week with a pretty high fever. And, um, it was exhausting. My whole body felt exhausted. And, you know, prior to that, I don't think I've ever felt as exhausted as I have at that time. I had basically all of the symptoms, um, minus, I think it was sneezing or coughing. Like, my coughs and sneezes were, they were still there, but I don't think they were as crazy as I've been reading about. But basically all of the other symptoms from people who have had it and have shared their experiences on Twitter, I was shook because I was like, holy fuck. And it's gotten to the point where I'm, I'm not even going to be able to visit my family back home. I had to miss my niece's birthday and Easter at this point because 
I'm not going to be mad at the world about spreading this virus when they don't need to and then doing the exact same thing. As of right now, we're actually leading the world in coronavirus deaths and contractions. So I'm I'm really just going to practice what I preach here and stay the fuck home. On the bright side, though, this has given me the opportunity to catch up on a lot of TV, music, and all that other stuff. So that brings us into our Things of the Week segment. Our meme of the week is none other than Coronavirus! Coronavirus! Shit is real! Shit is getting real! If you listened to my interview with Hentai, you might have heard that little snippet there of that. This is a video of Cardi B yelling coronavirus, but then someone made a musical remix on it. Check it out. It's fucking hilarious, and it goes hard as hell, too. I'm going to have that on the website for this episode. In regards to TV shows and movies and all of that, I have a couple of recommendations that I've checked out on Netflix, the first of which is going to be How to Fix a Drug Scandal. I binged this entire series yesterday night. It's basically about two different drug testing labs in Massachusetts that had inconsistencies because their lab testers either falsified or were under the influence of drugs. Basically, the giant fuck-up that that creates and the thousands of people that were stuck in between the legal system. And there's also, like, a conspiracy within it. It is a really telling tale of what I was kind of talking about earlier of people just not doing their fucking jobs or being corrupt assholes. So check that out and get shook the fuck down. A lot of people have been talking about Tiger King and Carol Baskin. I personally have not indulged in watching that because um, I left Baytown for a reason. I'm not going to further explain what I mean by that because my Baytown people will understand. But how to fix a drug scandal. If you're looking for some new villains aside from Carol Baskin, that is the fucking show to check out. Some other honorable mentions are Dracula, the Netflix series. That show was fucking amazing. The first episode, um, the first half of it is really slow, but when it picks up, the horror that that show has in regards to, like, special effects and everything, is fucking crazy. And there's also some elements of, like, Black Mirror in certain ways to it. Check out Dracula on Netflix. It's fucking amazing. I'm really into a vampire theme (laughs) right now. Another shout-out that also goes into a vampire theme is Castlevania. It's an anime based off of a video game series. And it also has Dracula in it. I'm not super duper into different types of anime, and I don't think it's intentional. It's just that I'm super duper picky about what I get started into. And since I'm in my vampire phase right now, uh, I'm really digging vampire shit. So Castlevania is also 
super duper horrific and bloody, but it has amazing themes. Both Dracula and Castlevania both have really amazing existential themes, and I really admire the way that they kind of put these lower messages of how we perceive life and humanity into question. So, if you're looking for things to watch, that is How to Fix a Drug Scandal, Dracula, and Castlevania. Those are all fucking amazing shows. Our Song of the Week which also delves into the vampire vibe, is an oldie but a goldie. It's Enjoy the Silence by Depeche Mode. about the way those synthesizers and the thing (laughs) how those go together um it makes me feel like i'm lost in a gothic church that's also about to turn into a rave and also i really love the theme of that fucking song as well to tie it together with what i was talking about earlier from the fatigue of social media and all of that I'm basically going into a sort of a silent retreat. I'm not actually physically going anywhere. I'm just not going to be on social media. I'm not even going to be paying attention to my phone. And I'm not going to be speaking to anyone either, including my boyfriend. But (laughs) I already kind of gave him a heads up. Basically, the reason why I'm doing a silent retreat is, like I said earlier, social media has become so toxic and just seeing all of the shit that's going on uh, with Joe Biden, with Trump, with all of this and social media, it feels a lot like I'm not being heard. And I know that sounds so weird coming from someone who is doing a fucking podcast, but it just feels like everything is in vain. Like our voice doesn't mean shit. And at the end of the day, I do struggle with, like, you know, is humanity worth saving sometimes? Because a lot of the times, like, if you look around, a lot of people are saying, we deserve whatever happens because of Joe Biden or whatever. Or Joe Biden versus Trump, we deserve whatever happens. I don't agree with that. I think um, whoever voted for that deserves that. (laughs) Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Don't you put that evil on me. You know, there there are a lot of people who do not deserve the consequences of what's about to happen. And instead of partaking in this discourse that isn't necessarily going to go anywhere, I have just elected to take my voice out of it. So 
Um, I'm releasing these episodes and I'm going to fuck off for a week. And there was a period of time where I wasn't going to do music or movies or television at all during the silent retreat. But I kind of decided against that because I think that taking things in without necessarily talking about them immediately will give me more time to reflect on it. And I think it'll actually boost my creativity and productivity as a result. So during this retreat, I'm going to be mostly reading books. I have a huge library of books that I haven't even, I've probably read like one or two of them. And I have probably at least like a hundred books or close to it. So I'm going to be reading up on everything and trying to become as well read as I can on all of that. And I'm also going to be exercising and, uh, meditating, doing more yoga, working out. Not working out for so long has really fucked with me. My body is all tensed up and shit, so I'm just really happy to, like, try and get back into my happy place and focus on productive, useful energy. I'm gonna miss you guys. I know it's not the same as, like, being involved in social media and all of that, I'm still going to be sharing memes while I'm gone. I have a bunch of stuff auto-scheduled, so if you could check that out and share it, that would be awesome. But as far as, like, the discourse and everything, I can tell that I definitely need to take a step back from it. So I'm looking forward to seeing how much I grow within this amount of time. I also have a shit ton of Moscato and Pinot Grigio and all of that. Usually I would be fucking cussing at people who are drinking during this self-isolation stuff because at first people were getting fucking hammered immediately whenever the shutdown orders were going on. And it's like, dude, a lot of y'all are still leaving the house and you're lowering your own immune system. What kind of sense are you fucking making? But... I know I'm going to be staying my ass home, and I'm not going to be around people, so I don't give a fuck. I'm going to get hammered when I need to, and experiencing ego death, so pray for me, or whatever. Pray to Gaga, pray to Satan, pray to Dracula. (laughs) I I said Dracula, and I meant Dracula, but pray to the Boulé brothers as well. Shout out. I'm super excited to see how everything works out. Hopefully I come out as a beautiful metamorphic butterfly. I'm also going to be working on an extremely important project um, immediately afterwards. You guys will see what that is eventually. But wish me luck. Send me nice things um, during this week. And I'm talking about like exactly one week from the day that this drops. Like whatever day this drops is whenever my retreat starts plus one more day just to make sure so send me nice things send me love and check out the website it'll definitely mean a lot One last thing that I'm going to mention, um, I got a little bit of pushback on social media from a certain drag house over episode four because I talked 
openly about some anxious thoughts that I had, and even though I talked with a certain person beforehand uh, on the phone, I noticed two days afterwards that I was blocked on social media, even though the episode hadn't dropped. And then after the episode had dropped, I saw some tweets from them and a couple of other people within that drag house basically talking shit and saying that I was fabricating or this or that. And in my interview with Hentai, there is a part where you'll hear me say, I'm probably going to edit some of this, whatever. As I was editing it, and after I reflected on the pushback that I got from episode four, I decided against it. Because I was speaking openly about how I felt, and I was candid with that person before uh, the episode even went up. I called them and I said, here are the things that I'm going to talk about. And in that episode, there is not one single thing that I talked about that was different than what I told that person on the phone. And as I said before, there was a lot of pushback from it. And there were personal attacks that were made. That is completely fine. Um, whenever you get into doing something like a podcast or like a show, a YouTube channel, literally whatever it is, there are always going to be people who will show you hate for no fucking reason. And that's completely fine. But one thing that is not cool is making personal attacks on people that did not have any rude intention or malice or anything against you. These people specifically talk a lot about building community and, you know, community this, community that. But whenever someone is talking open and honestly about how they feel about the way something happened and then discounting it themselves because... They're saying, eventually, I didn't even give those thoughts very much weight. If after all of that, after listening to all of that, and even listening to the rest of the episode that talks about how confusing the nature of our time is in relation to feelings versus, you know, facts or whatever. If after all of that, you decide to take shit personally, that is 100% on you. And... I'm not going to sit around or fucking, like, ask people for forgiveness over something that wasn't even an insult. And like I mentioned in my interview with Hentai, there was some shadiness that went on at that event as well. And um, I didn't edit it out because that shady behavior is exactly what the fuck actually happened. And... Uh, contrary to popular belief, I don't just speak for the fuck of it. I actually followed up because, as I've mentioned before, journalism is kind of my thing. And this is also kind of like a hybrid storytelling slash journalism project in some ways. So if you think that I'm just making shit up without actually confirming what I'm saying, then you don't know a goddamn thing about me. And it shows. So, yeah. Um, after I say these things, I check them before it goes up to make sure that it's accurate. Just like I called ahead of time to make sure that they wouldn't be blindsided by anything that I brought up, 
I also verify some of this information. And she did not get on stage for the stars statements and legends portion. It was, in fact, the voguing portion. And if you're going to be shitty towards people after they booked you, and if you're going to pay a lot of lip service to being there for the community, then turn around and shit on them, then you deserve to be called out for being shitty. You know, people shouldn't want to work with people who are shady like that. And I totally get it. The drag scene, the gay scene, it's not just in Texas. It's in a lot of places. It can be exhausting to defend yourself. It can be exhausting to have to feel like you need to apologize or do whatever to save face in the scene. People do whatever they have to to save face or to gain clout. Everybody feels like they need to fucking network no matter how garbage the other person is. It's a lot of opportunism, securing the bag, whatever. Never mind the fact the harm of what people can do to a scene. These are things that people don't take into consideration, and that is 100% completely fine. That sucks, but um, that's not what I do. If some shit is going on, I'm gonna be straight up because I don't fuck around and I'm not fake with people, and that thing that happened was super duper shady. So I didn't edit it out because after I did my follow-up, I was fucking right. So, yeah. After seeing that reaction, I sure as fuck wasn't going to edit it out. I don't give a fuck. That's not what I'm trying to do with this. I'm trying to highlight people, things, and events that interest me and that I think deserve a spotlight. So that's what we're going to keep on doing. And if you're listening to this and you think that I expect you to take a side, I don't. Your booze mean nothing. I've seen what makes you cheer. I'm just speaking from my own personal experience where a drag scene was basically murdered <laughs> because it was a confluence of different things that came together to shit on that scene, to fuck that scene up. It was a culmination of different elements that came together, but a lot of it was shitty, shady people who could have just been nice. They could have just, you know, done drag and, you know, kept on adding to the scene in beautiful ways. But people get so wrapped up in playing the fucking game for this brief moment of fame in your life. It's a fucking blip. And just like how Hentai said, everyone's living this fantasy that you're this fucking superstar. You are not going to be a superstar if you're a fucking asshole and people realize that working with you is a fucking mistake. People aren't going to want to work with you if you're shitting on them at the very next gig that you have literally in the same month. And you can coordinate, you can do whatever the fuck you want to try and network and create all of these fucking opportunities for yourself here and there. But at the end of the day, authenticity is at the core of it. And if all you're thinking about is your fucking self, then hate to break it to you. It's not, it's probably not going to work out. But who the fuck knows? 
you know, there's a lot of celebrities that are assholes, so if that's the route that you want to take, go the fuck off. Go the fuck off. Do it. I'll be fucking proud of you. I didn't have a single issue with you until you started talking shit. And as I said before, I come bearing receipts. I don't talk about shit that I don't have receipts for. That's literally why anytime I'm like, hmm, I don't know if that's completely right whenever I'm talking about current event stuff, you can look on the website because that's when I'll have more time to piece together any kind of doubt of information that I may possibly have. Way too much time to have to devote to this. But if you want to fucking call my integrity into question, there we fucking go. We'll do it. If you are one of those people who thinks that you need to network and just be nice to people no matter what, a word of advice, that gut feeling that you have around people is probably true, especially if they're fucking assholes. If you go so hard to talk shit about someone when they're not making a personal attack on you, then maybe it wasn't anxiety that I was experiencing. Maybe it was gaslighting. What was really cute was after that episode went up and after those tweets came, I got another tweet in my inbox that was like, by the way, you're banned from any ball that I'm a part of, etc., etc. Oh, and you would be doing yourself a favor not to show up. Um, during that phone call, whenever I mentioned how they touched their competitor at my ball, they rose their voice at me and said that they didn't. And, you know, I could have been super duper ugly about all of that, but I decided against it. Because there's definitely video of that person doing exactly what I said, and I really could have been petty and posted it, but I'm not going to because it's not worth my time. And honestly, I, I feel gross for even having to address this, but the reason why I'm not mentioning them by name is because in the gay community, in the drag scene, a lot of the time you get power by people mentioning your name. And all of this has shown me that they don't deserve to be mentioned. That kind of energy doesn't deserve to get a platform. People shouldn't, you know, I'm not going to elevate them by talking about them by name anymore. This is probably the last time that they're going to be mentioned. It's really shitty because I mentioned them my first couple of episodes as a way to, like, spotlight their contributions to the scene and all of that. But as I mentioned before, if you're going to talk about community and then act this way, I mean, sure, they there might be some advocacy work or something that they do outside of it. That's completely fine. You know, go off. But... As Hentai said in her interview, being part of a drag community can make you feel like you're surrounded by creative yes-men or creative narcissists, and the narcissism in the community is a huge problem, and I'm not going to contribute to it by spotlighting people who use their platform to be giant cunts instead of being nice. So with all of that being said, if at any point 
Um, there was a tweet that said, I can't wait to hear what they say on their next podcast. Maybe you shouldn't fucking listen. If you don't like what I have to say, it is called The Grego Show. If you don't like me or what I have to say, nobody is making you listen, girl. Nobody. So please do something more productive with your time. Because all of you bitches are muted. I don't give a fuck. And I'm not going to devote any more negative energy towards this. I'm moving on. So should you. I'm just through. I'm through with that. If you don't like what I have to say, don't fucking listen. And in a way, I'm sorry to anyone who even listens to this episode because it's so focused on negativity right now. And I don't aim for it to be that way. But honestly, I have hope for the future if we just dedicate the energy that we do into being negative into creating positive things, then the world would be a much more beautiful place. And that's what I'm going to be doing from here on out. Like, this podcast talks about the worst things and the best things in life. And that includes anxiety, that includes power struggles, and ways to improve yourself. And that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to keep on doing all of that so don't be too bummed out i can't wait for the episode after this where i get to share what i learned from quarantine i love you guys so much um if you have any ideas for future episodes i'm thinking about doing videos and stuff shoot me some messages i would love to see your ideas once i get out and um i'm gonna be working on a ton of shit as well Love you guys. Bye. I just want to say with no shade at all, I don't give a fuck. I don't hate you. I don't hate y'all. Just learn how to not be a dick. The world is already so fucking hateful. What you mad with your mad ass? What you mad with your mad ass? I have faith that everybody can grow and not be such a fucking dick. So I've got faith for you. America.